2: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to
3: The Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're with you today in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us and appreciate you tuning in. Every day at 1 o'clock, opening segment of the show, as always, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. What great guys at Dickey's. We appreciate them very much. They serve delicious food seven days a week. You can always enjoy it uh, in the dining room. Take out or drive through however you choose. Just be sure that you choose Dickey's Barbecue Pit. All right. uh, Heath Hinton joins us today from Big Gold Nation. And uh, spring football is wrapped up. Baseball conference uh, is underway. Heath, a lot of activity this weekend uh, on the Southern Miss campus. What was the big takeaway from the spring football game Saturday?
3: I just think it showed how much people are excited about Southern Miss football with the crowd that was there. And I think it also showed how Will Hall knows how to uh, – he's figured out the way and he knows how to communicate with the fan base. And this is why I say that I think it was just a practice. I think people got to see a practice. But I think also in that practice, they did different drills that – you know, show what kind of athletes Southern Miss had. They did have a little bit of a scrimmage, but they used these these drills to have one-on-ones and to show players going against each other, create excitement. And then at the end of the game, you saw the players in the middle of the field stand up and applauding the fans in the stands. You saw Will Hall at the end of the game saying hey to, you know, fans and, and touching base with them and being excited. I think you just saw what could be... A great relationship starting to form back between Southern Miss football and the fan base that maybe has been missing for a little while.
2: And winning will help that relationship. Is is that fair to absolutely. say?
3: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But I also think I do. I really. But I also think the transparency that Will Hall is showing for Southern Miss fans is huge. I think that that maybe has been lacking a little bit here the last you know three to four years transparency within the program, and I think you're starting to see that now. And I think for Southern Miss fans that had that for so many years prior, um, it it was they're happy to see that back and that build excitement. Southern Miss fan base is small, not as big as you know of course old Miss LSU places, but what they are. Is it's more of a community, and they're more involved with the everyday aspects of the program and the transparency within the program. And I think you're seeing that that starting to form again. And I think that's what you know was really good about what come out of the practice game, along with you know getting to see the players.
2: All right, two questions: uh, Did uh, spring football end with us knowing who the quarterback is going to be? And did they get through spring football without any major injuries?
3: Uh, you know, I think Hayes Maples on the injuries front hurt uh, DeQuan Bailey Brown. Uh, there's some injuries out there, but I I don't know if they're going to be if they'll get them back before the season. Uh, during the season, I, I still think it's kind of too early to kind of speculate on their return. They believe maybe August September somewhere around there. We'll see. Um, you know, coming out with the quarterback. I think Trey Lowe's in the lead, but I still think there's going to be a quarterback competition in the uh, fall. I think that Coach Hall likes competition. I think he likes the idea of players not getting settled in because he doesn't want a player to think that he's set to where he is at this time. And I think that he wants him to continue to get better. But I do think Trey Lowe's probably in the lead at this point. All right, Luke.
0: We – we saw, Heath, and and you've been in those press conferences every single day, and, of course, you were the uh, one that originally asked the question that caused the uh, viral Will Hall to the top, baby, to go viral. And uh, you were a part of that. And, and one of the other things that, that caught my attention last week, someone asked, how would you describe the defense in two or three words? And he just simply said, nasty bunch. I think part of that is, you know, putting that out there that we will, we are committed to a defense as me as an offensive minded coach. I'm just not going to, you know, run up points on the scoreboard, but I mean, you get the feeling though that he really believes that this defense can impact games, uh, instantly in this fall.
3: Yeah, I think he does. I think he loves what he sees from his defensive line. I think he's loved what he's seen from linebackers. I, I do and I think one of the things that you can say to show how much he really was wanting to build a nasty bunch back was you go look at some of the guys he got to transfer in. Who'd he go who'd he go get? wasn't big time offensive players, it was defensive players. The cornerbacks, of you know, old Miss, you get you get the Montre Edwards not there anymore. But that he was attempting to solidify the defensive line, another defensive end out of Memphis. I mean, you you can see that that's what he wanted to do was to build on the defense as an offensive coach. His main goal at first was to build the defense. So I think you kind of saw that from him when he first got here and him starting to build the team. He, he brings in a young uh, defensive coordinator that is really highly thought of. I think Coach Hall, you know, this first. Even though he's an offensive coach, he's shown that, look, the defense is uh, important to me as anything on the, on the offense. I'm not going to be a guy that's going to sit back and want to outscore everybody, you know, 35-28 or something like that. He wants a team that plays sound defense and wants to have that nasty bunch attitude.
0: You and I have had this conversation, and uh, it's been a topic of discussion on Big Gold Nation. Southern Miss getting some of these commits. Uh, of course, the running back out of Union, that was a big commit. Uh, but, Heath, you, you brought up a good point, I thought, on the board. Uh, you, you simply said, guys, these are junior commits, especially not not just in normal uh, recruiting world, but in COVID recruiting world. you got to hope that these commitments stick, and uh, sometimes being the first school owns somebody can help you in the long run. Sometimes you basically bring to light how good a player is and somebody comes in and, and snatches him away. But the Eagles have had several junior uh, in high school commits already for the uh, 2023 class.
3: Sure. I mean, and it's great to see, you know, kids are committing. That means that Coach Hall and them are getting out there recruiting. Excitement is building. But also you got to remember these kids are juniors. Um, there's a whole nother year of football to play. Don't know what's going to happen yet. So you kind of have to take it and say, okay, there's some excitement there, but now other schools are going to see these kids. What's going to happen? With social media these days, the schools can't hide recruits anymore. Used to back in the day when a junior committed, you could kind of hide him a little bit because you didn't want everybody in the country knowing who he is. But now with social media, as soon as these kids put it out, everybody in the country sees it. They're tagging everybody in the country. So at that point, you're going to see more and more schools look at them. And as juniors, once these schools start opening up and start getting these kids in camp, that's one of the big things these coaches now, you know, they haven't been able to go out and literally put their eyes on these kids. They've only been able to see off film. What's going to happen once they see them in person? Is it different? Once they get them in camp and they're able to judge them, is it going to be different at that point? Are these scholarship offers, are these offers to get them in camp? There's so many different aspects to recruiting juniors. I think it's great that you see excitement, but I also think, you know, you got to understand that, hey, they may not be here, they are committing now, but we got a long way to go before, you know, December next year gets here.
2: Right, and uh, I've just never been one, Heath, that got all that – that worked up over recruiting. I've always been told that you don't really know how good the recruiting class is going to be for a couple of years. Are you a big recruiting guy like so many people are?
3: I, I do I do like recruiting, but I'm not a recruiting on the aspect of, I am not. I don't know, need to know what they're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where they go to the movies, uh, what their daily thoughts are. I'm not one of those. I'm more of a recruiting guy. Okay, let's get through the process. And let's see when we get into you know we get in football season next year. let's see where we stand at this point, because there's so there's so much that can happen at this point right and you you just have to you just have to like sit back and relax and let these kids be kids. I also think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on these kids, but we just need to let them sit back and be juniors and seniors in high school
1: yeah i agree i
3: think they enjoy the recruiting process but i also think there has to be a happy medium there and i'm not one to try to figure out what they're going to do every step of the way
2: right well i'm with you there and uh i like to wait and see how they play at the college level you know there's a big difference sometimes in high school obviously in college football all right can you hang on through the break Uh, i want to talk a little baseball with you and uh A huge announcement, uh, a development in the roost that you probably don't even know about, Heath. Maybe you do. Is that good? You hang around?
3: I don't hang around, but
2: here's this. Hey, Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back right after this. Southern Miss to the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And as always, want to thank First Bank. And uh, just tell all you Southern Miss listeners out there, if you want to support a bank that really supports Southern Miss athletics, it's First Bank. Uh, they have branches in Macomb all through here in Hattiesburg. Uh, they're just a great bank. And, uh, a big, big supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. No nicer person in the land than Miss Kathleen and her great staff down there. They were busy Saturday morning, and uh, we're glad to see that. Great baseball apparel available right now at Campus Bookmark, and uh, you can also pick it up online at campusbookmark.net. You can even call Campus Bookmark, ask for Kathleen, tell her what you're looking for, she'll get it out. Describe it for you, and if you like it, she will mail it right to your house. We're talking to uh, to Heath Hinton, uh, owner of Big Gold Nation. Uh, Florida Atlantic, by the way, uh, playing baseball tonight. They'll be playing Florida Gulf Coast. That is the only game in the conference. Uh, Thursday, Rice will uh, start a series with Middle Tennessee. UAB will be at Louisiana Tech. Western Kentucky at Florida International. Southern Miss, of course, at Texas San Antonio. And then Friday Old Dominion will be playing at Marshall, and Florida Atlantic will be playing at Charlotte. Uh, baseball, a big series here this weekend, obviously, Heath. Uh, before we get to that, big news. Uh, you may not know this, but our, our, our main man here, Luke, uh, was uh, was appointed the official chaplain of the Roost this past weekend. And I'm going to assume, based on Southern tradition, Luke, that means that every Sunday when you show up out there, there will be fried chicken.
0: Well, yeah, Jody Jody actually said, so Jody Lott, the mayor of the roost, actually told me that he had failed me so far. You know, we've been through five or six weekend series and he hadn't had fried chicken yet. Well, well we had brisket, though, and pulled pork and some of the best sausage dogs that I've ever had in my life. And uh, when, when you're the chaplain, occasionally they send you home with a uh, with a, a take home box, and so I ate that for supper last night as well. So yeah, Jody feeling shame today that he hasn't you know given a Baptist minister uh, fried chicken yet. Jody, if you're listening right now, I, I'm cool with brisket. I'm cool with sausage. Here's the thing. I'm cool with anything, okay? I, I, and sometimes you almost feel guilty showing up and you try to bring something. But, yeah, um, I, I, my duties so far have just been crowd control. Somebody gets unruly. The mayor has instructed me to go down there and just simmer them down a little bit. But I've just mainly been uh, cheering like everybody else out there in the race, but I'm honored to be a part.
2: Well, he told me you can't eat like a champion, that there's no question about that. I told him I
0: already knew. That, look. Well, I appreciate that. Somebody did bring insomnia <laughs> cookies this weekend, and it was really hard nice. to uh, to stay away from those. Yeah.
3: All so, right. So, Luke, you, what you got was a player take home box, and sometimes even a visitor might get a you know, uh,
0: salsa jog every now and then. You have seen them out in right field giving them out. So uh, yeah, you got, you got the do. benefits of a they player do. this weekend. Well, congratulations, Lou. Well, yeah, and we had fun. <clears throat> we were repping the Eagle Hour out there also when Danny Lynch hit his home run. I had just picked up the the parrot head jersey from jack and so we were out there waving it as danny rounded the bases and thankfully he got around the bases a little quicker than he did at lafayette but it was sure fun to wave and
2: let me point out i saw quite a number of people this weekend at the pete wearing eagle hour t-shirts and uh luke took those out to the roost we're going to send some more out next home series luke and uh i'll tell you what we'll keep sending them as long as people want them and we see them sporting them around pete taylor park
0: they went hot when we were out there. I guess that was the uh, Friday of the Lafayette game or maybe the weekend before that. I mean, they were gone in, in like five minutes. People from all over the roost coming to get them. So, yeah, um, UAB next weekend, we should be out there. I can get Luke to drop mine off at my house. I hope. Yeah, that's what I'm that's, you don't do have
2: it. one. I thought you had. I would have been assured you'd have had one. Okay, we'll take so, we'll take care of that, Heath. No question. Yes, about sir. It. Yes, sir. All right, Heath. I want to. I want to pick a bone today. I'm going to keep you around because I, I got to be honest with you. Now, I, I'm biased. You know, I'm. I really think a whole lot of Scott Berry, and and I'm a big, big fan of the baseball program and i realize that we're not winning every game we play but we're still winning a lot more than we're losing and we've played a razor tough schedule and we could have easily won three games against a really a, a top 20 baseball team anybody that doesn't think louisiana Tech's is a top 20 baseball team's not paying attention i i'm growing a little tired of uh the silliness on the internet and and you own an internet site so you can speak to this this crazy talk from fans who think it's time for all of these changes from the coaching staff to the personnel on the baseball team. I mean, give it a break, Heath. Am I right about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, look at the 2019 that went to the World Series. They, they, you know, got by, They got into the tournament by the hair of their chinny chin chin, chin. as a four seed and made it to the World Series. I mean, I think I was looking the other day, maybe it was eighteen and nineteen. They didn't start off too hot. I mean, we lost three games at Gonzaga a couple of years ago and did pretty well. Look, yeah, it's going to be okay. Things like this happen. I would rather play good at the end of the season than I would play my best right now. I think that, you know, people just step back. It's baseball. There's going to be time to develop. I do think there are things that Southern Miss probably could do on the field that can help make a little difference. And, I think that that can work, but to be calling for jobs, and I think people should be really happy with where Southern Miss baseball is right now and what they have, considering where Southern Miss is at, what Coach Berry and staff have done, is incredible.
2: I agree, and I don't think people, maybe they just don't understand the game of baseball enough, but they give no credit to Louisiana Tech this weekend, which is a senior-laden very talented, very well coached top twenty baseball team.
3: Yeah, Lane Burroughs. I mean, he was at Southern Miss. People should know this guy can coach. Uh, Lane's a great coach. Uh, does a great job with that program. They're, you're right. They're very senior laden. Uh, they can hit the ball. Got pretty good starting pitching, and their bullpen maybe not as good as they really want it to be. And that might that's probably going to hurt them later on the season. But, you know, they did the things they have to do to win this series. It's a long season. Southern Miss still has to go there and play four. So things can change. There's a lot of play. There's a lot of baseball to be played. But yeah, Louisiana takes no scrub. Southern Miss didn't get beat by Marshall. They got beat by probably between them and Southern Miss and FAU, top three team in conference USA.
2: No question, Luke. You agree with me, I know.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the the bottom line. We have probably overachieved the last four years against Louisiana Tech, and so Southern Miss fans have taken that for granted. It should have. What was it? It was like fourteen and four over the last uh, five or six series against Tech, and uh, they've been a you know a top. Three team or top four team in the in the league during that time, and so we just in some ways got accustomed to, to beating Louisiana Tech and, and didn't realize that. I think the other thing, Heath, and you can speak to this too. I think it's fairly obvious now. We probably um, we probably thought this team was more mature um, than what they really were, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. But it, it, it you're starting to see them now. I read the stat yesterday: twenty three strikeouts on the weekend, twenty walks. They are starting to take better approaches. You out hit Louisiana Tech. And you get beat, you leave twenty-two on base, and you lose two games by uh, by one run in both of those games. I think you're starting to see this team mature now, and I just think they were a little behind the curve from what we expected them early on.
3: You're right, guys. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing better approaches at the plate. I think in that second doubleheader, I think the approaches at the plate. I think they were just so excited about scoring fourteen runs, they went up there. And this is a sign of maybe a young team as you go up there and you're trying to hit everything out and you're trying to swing for the fences and you get yourself in the hole real quick and you help a team out that, to be honest with you guys, probably, if you want to be honest, you probably were in good position because their pitching was on the rocks and you were able to get in their bullpen the first game. You saw what happened, and then you go out there swinging early and often get yourself in holes to a guy that's, you know, a curveball, change-up type of guy, and you saw what happened. And it wasn't as good a bat in the first game. And, it, and the first and the last game were games that were just down to the wire, two really good teams, that Southern missed, especially in that third, in that fourth game, fielding errors caused Southern Miss. Big-time fielding errors and then decisions on the on, infielding that aren't errors that cost you a couple of runs, even on Friday and then that uh, Sunday game. So, you know, you're right. Young team, they'll learn not to make those mistakes, and and maybe there might be a couple of changes that can be made on the field that might help that.
2: All right, Heath, how can people join Big Gold Nation?
3: I Go to southernmiss.rivals.com. You know, click on Join. It's cheap. You can do it per month uh eight ninety nine a month or you can do it per year, you get a uh, discount. Uh come on. We're actually doing a giveaway right now. Uh we're gonna be picking the combined score of the national championship game. Basketball, whoever wins that's gonna get assigned basketball from the Southern Miss coaching staff. We're gonna be doing some other things, got some great conversations with uh football and baseball I mean football and basketball coaches coming up that if you're a member of the board you can actual actually get questions on their ass what you want not ask to the coaches always do that so a lot of fun happening right
2: now all right we appreciate you heath hitting everybody owner of big gold nation uh, encourage you to join and uh, between big gold nation and the eagle hour everything you'll ever need to know about southern miss athletics uh, you'll be among the first all right eagle hour continues hang on Southern Miss to the top.
0: Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joined us in the first two segments, southernmiss.rivals.com. If you want to be a Southern Miss insider, Big Gold Nation, always appreciate Heath joining us. On the Eagle Hour, Luke and Bob live from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Third segment brought to you by Four Street Bar and Grill. It was a hamburger steak today uh today it was incredible cheesy broccoli and rice casserole black eyed peas toast and drink for only 8.95 they've got it every single day pork chop thursday fried catfish friday and they got march madness tonight we'll talk to kelly sander just in a second about that elite eight action 615 southern cal takes on gonzaga i am a proud zag have been one for quite some time over uh, close to 20 years I've been a Gonzaga basketball fan, but 9 o'clock nightcap will be UCLA the 11th seed against Michigan the 1 seed, um, and 4th Street uh, Bar and Grill will have the UTSA Southern Miss Series this coming weekend, so you don't have anything going on tonight, head out to 4th Street Bar and Grill and watch some Elite Eight action, and then, of course, hit them up this weekend as the Eagles will be on TV. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander on the phone with us. and Kelly, I watched uh, some last night, and uh, kind of the games went the way we thought we would. But how about 11-seed UCLA? I mean, that was a team that had to play to get in the tournament. They were in the first four, and now they're in the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, and, and we talked about how the how the – Teams from the, from the Pacific coast are really, really doing well. I mean, you know, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, they were all, you know, in the tournament, and you still have UCLA, uh, USC. Well, Gonzaga effect, effectively is on the West Coast as well, um, even though they're not, they're not in that particular conference. But the West Coast is really schooling everybody else when it comes to college basketball, at least uh, this year. I don't. I don't think anybody doubts that on paper Gonzaga is the best team, but you know Kelvin Sampson, and Houston are certainly um, making a push after their win last night. But and Baylor also very very good. So you know it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it came down to you know UCLA like I said had to play to get in, and it would certainly be a, a Cinderella story. Uh, <laughs> If they if they got into the <laughs> like they
0: need board. another national championship, having won like twenty nine in a row under John Wooden, but still, it's a yeah, cool but, that, story. but that's
1: been one hundred and twelve years ago, you know. So uh, you you weren't. Even <laughs> what alive. I was intrigued what about last
0: night was, you know, the story about Houston man they hadn't been in there since the eighties, and and I know uh, Sampson or Coach Sampson had some issues, and obviously with the NCAA. Right. But, you know, that that's a team that we used to compete against and, you know, headed to to the Final Four, and uh, we'll talk about it a little later in the show because it's Founders Day today where Southern Miss could have ended up, you know, if it wasn't in Hattiesburg. We'll hit that in the next segment. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I wasn't necessarily cheering for Houston coming in the tournament, but I'm just like, man, Conference USA for a long time. I played against them, competed against them, and they're headed to a Final Four.
1: And Houston is not one of those teams that you would, you would consider to be one of the haves. You know, they're, they're probably not a team that you'd really consider to be a have not either. But yeah, it does show that that uh, it can happen every once in a while and if Houston continues to go, you know, deeper in well they've already gone pretty deep in the tournament, but if they were to to win it all, it would certainly raise some eyebrows about maybe it is time for some of these uh underling conferences as it were to get more than maybe one team in the tournament, because your point is well taken. I mean, Southern Miss was was in the old Metro with, with Louisville and Memphis and Florida State and South Carolina and uh, Virginia Tech. I mean, a lot of these uh, other schools have gone onward and upward as far as conferences go, but uh, the poor Eagles have just kind of, you know, floundered and, and have been left to pick up the crumbs from from what's you know from other conferences. So I know everybody is hoping at some point that there can be a move but uh there has to you have to be wanted uh and that that's a whole that's a whole another show you know as to why a conference boarder would wouldn't want Southern miss, but yeah, good for Houston I, I'm pulling for them as well,
2: Bob, well, Kelly, I remember the days where we owned Houston, we owned them in football, we owned them in baseball um but those are those are days long since gone, and you know to me. Being an older Southern Miss guy, to me, the loss of the loss of the rivalries with East Carolina and Houston and Tulane and Memphis is sad. I mean, it just uh, you know, and I think that's part of what's happened to football in particular. We got so accustomed to those type of rivalries. Now there really is not a rivalry other than perhaps Louisiana Tech. Uh, it's been a been a bitter pill to swallow in a lot of ways.
1: It has because you look at some of those examples that we just went through. And and how those other schools, you know, and numbers wise, enrollment wise, they're certainly, you know, bigger than than Southern Miss. Southern Miss, one of the smaller, you know, Division One enrollments. But as far as, as sports heritage goes, and success that they that they've had on the field, on the court, whatever playing surface you want to talk about, none of those schools have have really lit the the world on fire. You know, if if you want to make that argument against Southern Miss. You certainly could, you know, that argument you'd have to bring up as well. East Carolina has done nothing, you know, necessarily on a a national scale. And until now, Houston really hasn't done anything. Um, So it does does make you sit back and wonder as to how this could happen to Southern Miss when a lot of other schools that were in the same conference with Southern Miss have had such good fortunes go their way, and that has not happened for
2: our Golden Eagles. Well, look at schools like Tulsa, you know, Tulsa got snapped up in a bigger conference, uh, over Southern Miss. I mean, not w- w- what, happened, Luke, what, what caused all the other schools to, um, to go to the American athletic conference and, and other areas and Southern Miss did not. W- what's your perspective of that?
0: This is, and it, it goes into, uh, we can get into it some now with, with founders day. um, so Hattiesburg has been the home of Southern Miss, you know, for what now, 111 years going on, 112. And the issue is with all these schools was, so the conference changed over in 2005. So that's where we lost Louisville. That's where we lost uh, a, a few of the other Sports. I mean, a few of the other teams. And when I was a senior, we were all playing these teams that we had never played before, like SMU, Central Florida, basically who the American is now. We were we were playing those teams. And when you look at all of those teams, like I'm looking at my senior year uh, conference schedule: Tulane, East Carolina, Tulsa, Central Florida. Uh, Houston, Memphis, and so the two teams on there that are still in the conference are Marshall and UAB. UAB kind of surprised me that they hadn't moved on, and this is why. Every single one of those other teams are in media markets. So Tulane with New Orleans, East Carolina with Greenville. Greenville's kind of a, you know, it's it's got a lot of people, but Tulsa's got 400,000 people in it. SMU uh, with Dallas, US, uh, Central Florida with Orlando. And so what happened was, Basically, these conferences didn't go after quality of program; they went after media markets because we started seeing that in the early 2000s. Everything started shifting uh, for money. I don't think anybody at the time thought it would be as if you know what the SEC gets now, but everything was moving that way. And so, Hattiesburg, uh, with a population, you know, how many? How many is in Hattiesburg? Around 100,000, maybe a little less, fifty thousand, yeah. yeah, sixty thousand, something was like that. Yeah, And so Hattiesburg did not appeal to people as a media market. Now, I mentioned Greenville, North Carolina. East Carolina is kind of the anomaly because there's only 84,000 people in Greenville. But it's still more than Hattiesburg. So all these teams that basically were in Conference USA for eight, nine years, and then they jumped – It was because of media market. And that's why, on the other hand, it's surprising that UAB didn't get asked to put on because of how big Birmingham is. But, Bob, it's simply a media market. That's what it's looking at. Because if you were going after quality of program, Southern Miss was dominating those teams in that conference. Right, right. You know, uh, Central Florida, we beat the, the dog out of them at homecoming my senior year. We were up 45-7 at halftime. And so it is simply the fact that they said there's more people that's going to watch that team than there will anywhere else. And again, UAB, Birmingham, 212,000 people in, in Birmingham. It's surprising that, that UAB didn't get the call either.
2: But could the leadership at the time have made more of an effort to get the conference to pay attention to the athletic History of Southern Miss, uh, Luke, Could, could better leadership have produced a different result?
0: So, I mean, I don't, I don't know this to be fact, but I mean, when all that kind of turnover was taking place, I, I think there was an issue that there would have to have been some exit fee from Conference USA. And I was told at the time the school wasn't prepared to, to pay that. Whether or not that's true, cause it's coming down, you know, and I, I'm not throwing it out there as gossip or undermining people. I'm just simply saying there would have been financial ramifications for, for Southern Miss to leave Conference USA. And specifically, I don't know what those were. Um, but again, it goes back to a conference is looking at what, Not just what type of quality we're going to get on the field, but what type of approach and, and surrounding area are we going to get? And Hattiesburg, just objectively speaking, is not appealing to that. And that's what's so infuriating by Southern Miss fans because Hattiesburg is both bigger than Starkville and Oxford. And the Bulldogs and the Rebels, historically speaking, have benefited so much more. They have gotten more out of the SEC than what they've given, apart from, um, you know, apart from Mississippi State baseball. But I mean, historically speaking, contributions to the SEC from what the SEC's got out of those two schools uh, compared to what they've taken in because they've been in the SEC, uh, they have certainly received more than what they put in. And so that's why Southern Miss fans are so frustrated because they have a bigger media market, but it's never appealed to other conferences. We'll be back.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Final segment today brought to you by D-Bat and D1 Training in Hattiesburg on Highway 98 slash Hardy Street in the old Gaddy Town. D-Bat on the left, D1 Training. On the right, you you know it's the best place to go for real baseball softball training we'll just say it again it's the best place to go for baseball and softball training in the pine belt dbathattiesburg.com lots of stuff going on go see our good friends down there luke and bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel Kelly on the phone with us. Lady Soccer Man, it was a it, what could have been a possible just tremendous day for the Golden Eagles. Lady Eagles uh, got defeated uh, by the Rice Owls four to nothing. Rice scored two early, and Lady Eagles never really able to to uh, come back from that. They were looking for their first ever four match sweep of all the Texas schools in CUSA, unable to do that. But they fall to f- uh, five and three, three and two in conference, still in second place in the West and. Uh, um, still lined up uh, for a, a pretty good seed in the tournament. They will close out regular season this coming Sunday at home against Louisiana Tech at 1 p.m. And uh, so Lady Eagles looking to knock off the Lady Bulldogs and, and finish the regular season 6-3. and three four and two in conference USA. Beach volleyball had a big day yesterday winning two matches. Uh, if you go on the Twitter feed, you can see some of the final points in those. Uh, they lost three to two to Spring Hill, but defeated New Orleans and Southeastern Louisiana. They will uh, get ready. Uh, coming up to take on Tulane Saturday and then UAB on on Friday. Guys, it is Founders Day and, and what we mean by that is Mississippi Governor Edmund Favor Noel in March thirtieth, 1910, signed a bill to create what would become eventually the University of Southern Mississippi. Originally it was the uh, Mississippi Normal College and uh, then the State Teachers College. We were the Normalites, and thankfully now we're the Golden Eagles. Uh, But, Bob, I found this really interesting to get you and and Kelly's uh, take on it, and it goes into how we ended last segment. Several cities put in a, a bid. Hattiesburg eventually won, but Laurel put in a bid. Jackson put in a bid, Meridian put in a bid, and then Little Artesia, right there at the base of the Golden Triangle, uh, put in a bid, and eventually Hattiesburg won uh, the bid to to be the home for what is now the University of Southern Mississippi. But you think about, you know, if some of those other places would have done what what it would be like today. And I think Hattiesburg is obviously a great city for the university. Thankful for my time there, but yeah, pretty interesting to think about what it could have been will give you an example of what the
2: universities meant to the city. Back in the late 70s, I want to say it was 79, uh, my father moved my wife and I down here uh, for me to begin school at USM. And if you're familiar with uh, Hattiesburg, you know where Highway 98 is and where Lowe's is at. Well, there's an apartment complex, a small building uh, still, still today on that road uh, that runs between Lowe's and, and that apartment complex. That is where we moved for a semester until we could get in the married couple's apartments. And that, that that was so far out in the country that I remember the first night he dropped us off and left that we were both just nervous as cats because we had never lived by ourselves that far away from anything. And we're sitting out in the middle of nowhere in this apartment building, which now, of course, is uh, is gobbled up by, um, by a development. And, and the second point I would make is, Back when I went to work for WDAM-TV, my wife went to work for Mayor Bobby Chain, and at the time, the city of Greenville and the city of Hattiesburg exchanged a lot of information uh, frequently because they were practically the same size town, and now I think the metropolitan area of Hattiesburg is about 125,000 people. I think Greenville is about 30,000 people, so... uh, it's hard to it's hard to say how much the university has meant to this area, except to say that it has meant an awful, awful lot to the economic, social development of, of this area, and everyone in Hattiesburg uh, should never take the university for granted.
1: And and piggybacking on that, Bob, athletically as well, you know, the people will like to, you know, every once in a while, they'll take a dig at, at Southern Miss fans, and say, well, you know, there's the athletic teams don't get the support that they deserve and that they should, and all of those points are well taken. And the community needs to back Southern Miss athletics because if, for whatever reason, Southern Miss athletics would ever drop out of Division One, the impact would be greater than anybody can imagine. Right, they might sit there and laugh at it. And right. say, know it really wouldn't have that big of an impact, but it would, and there's data to suggest that. So anybody that makes their living in Hattiesburg or the surrounding area, you know, obviously Southern Miss, the great medical community of Forest General Health and Hattiesburg Clinic, William Carey University is busting at the seams now. So it's very important that Southern Miss has been, has been the lighthouse and the beacon for Hattiesburg for a long time. And whether you have ties to the university or not, if you make your living in, on, or around the Hattiesburg area, then you need to back the university because it is that important. But I have to wonder, you're talking about the school being the normalites. If if the school were, were still the normalites, I'm not sure they'd have a mascot because nothing anymore seems to be normal.
2: <laughs> no, that's for sure. <laughs> and it would offend somebody, I'm sure. So we yeah, yeah. we would have to do away with it. That's that's for sure.
1: Yeah, because there's nothing normal. Right? Uh,
2: well said, though. So if be a if it were...
0: If it were the normal college, will we have Dixie Darlings, Bob? Uh, yep. now, well, well, maybe yes, and
2: uh, and I'm hoping that we continue to have Dixie Darlings. As frightening a group as that is, I still think uh, there's a place for them. Hey, quick reminder: Pat Hallmark is the head baseball coach at uh, Texas San Antonio. He's going to be on the show Thursday to talk about the matchup, uh, way out west. And we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss
0: to the top. To the top. I fly
3: like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like a
0: eagle, to I'm free. I'll go through the world a mission. A
2: Supertalk Mississippi yeah. Media Production.